You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Monday, November 6th, episode 3300. We made it. They're off in the dirt mile. Little twist came out fine. Skippy long stocking. Sent hard for the front. National Treasure 2. And Zosos is not going to go with them. He'll sit back and run in third position. Then comes Cheryl B to the outside. Charging his next stage raider. And Cody's wish at the back of the pack. His normal running style. And the pace is fast in front of him. As National Treasure had to work hard to get to the front. And he leads the way over Skippy Longstocking. Through an opening quarter mile in 22.51 seconds. They're motoring right along. Long shot Charles B charges Zozos, fifth up the backstretch, five lengths off the lead, five ahead of Cody's wish, and last of them all is Stage Raider. National Treasure, the Preakness winner in front, three quarters of a length over Skippy Longstocking in second, as they complete this first half mile up the backstretch in 46.02 seconds. And then it's Charles B in third. Zozo's fourth down on the inside. Cody's wish is coming now. He's beginning to move. He just moved off alongside of Zozo's. He just went by Chargent. He's fourth. And Junior Alvarado and Cody's wish are on the move as they round the far turn. National Treasure has a two-length lead here. Skip B. Longstocking the second. Cody's wish has made his way up into third. And they're into the stretch. And it's National Treasure still there. Cody's wish in between horses. Now up in the second. On the outside, it's Skip B. Longstocking. Here comes Cody's wish. Alongside of National Treasure. Cody's wish takes the lead. National Treasure coming down to the line, fighting back National Treasure. Oh, Cody's wish! Cody's wish! I think he won it by a nose on the wire. Over Nash- Woo! <laughs> God, that doesn't give you goosebumps, man. He's so good. He's so good. Larry Colm is the caller. Yes. We need to get him back on if we ever can. He's too big. He's too important now. He's big deal now. What a dramatic finish to such a beautiful story of a horse and a, a human and just, just wonderful that he won. I was so excited that he won and is now going into retirement and going to have like this most amazing life. But for those who don't know, Cody's wish was named because of a, a teenager who wasn't a teenager at the time, I don't think, Cody Dorman. He's got a rare genetic disorder, is in a wheelchair, and he got to go meet this wheeling. Or was he a yearling, maybe? He's a foal. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. young. Yeah. And, and, and he was in the wheelchair, and this foal came over and, and put his head in the boy's lap in the wheelchair and they ended up naming him Cody's wish and Cody's wish has been a baller. I mean, ridiculously fantastic racehorse has won over like $3 million, uh, won the 
this year's dirt mile, last year's dirt mile has won tons of stakes races and just been amazing. The, the Metropolitan, he won uh, the dirt mile last year, the Forgo stakes, the Westchester stakes. It's just been amazing. So what a cool story and great to see. That. I, I swear, horses horses read intention and he just read Cody when he was a kid, you know, it just beautiful of all the races over the weekend at the breeders cup this is the one that just stood out to me it was the one you wanted to cry over you know yeah yeah oh. it was it's such a cool story and and what a way to end for cody too to end uh for cody's wish to end on a win and also for cody to have his horse end on a win and I he mean, was, it was dramatic because there was an inquiry there, there was, was like, <laughs> drama and i just loved that cody was sitting in the winner's circle in his wheelchair the whole time like just waiting like what he's you, gonna come in what you couldn't <laughs> see in the video was this horse was five six lengths back cody's wish was five six lengths back and you know was completely covered in mud uh national treasure was completely clean because national treasure was in the lead it's always weird when you see the horse that's doesn't have a drop of mud on him Uh and then you see the one coming up from behind that's it's wonder they can even see and this horse just and then what happened though they had the whole track and for those that didn't see the video cody's wish came up right beside national treasure and that's where the they claim the bumping happened is toward the finish line. They were right on each other. I don't know why it didn't go a little wider, but in any case, they proved they they took a look at it and decided that no nobody beat anybody up and we were fine. And there, if if there was bumping, it was in the normal course of racing. So that's what happened. And but poor Cody had to be there in the finish line waiting for this fifteen minute inquiry. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> so it was really an exciting race all the way around. And it just reminded me again. I'm going to try and get Larry Colmas. Maybe I can get him for Radiothon. That'd be great. Just He's- it was amazing. It was an amazing race. It was really fun. I, I spent. Pretty much all day Friday, I was in Vegas over the weekend and Breeders' Cup racing and horse racing and sports books. It just calls to me, Glenn. So I'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute. We have coming up today, Tamara Williamson. She's author of Mirror Horse. She's going to tell us what inspired the book. Jamie's going to tell us all about her weekend. I had some fun over the weekend, too. We'll talk about that and some equestrian first world problems. Hang around for the post show. We'll talk about something. And I got to, I want to follow up on what Ashley and I talked about on Friday, and I didn't realize it was going to become such a thing in the auditor room. We'll go over that in the post show. But first, we have to do some Daily Winnies. Hey, we have some auditor birthdays today. Sarah, Serenity, and Marge, happy birthday to all of you. Unfortunately, I don't have any new auditors to talk about, so get if you've been thinking about it, this week would be a good week to join the auditor crew and become part of the in-club uh, and join the auditor room where a lot of cool things happen, including talks or talking all weekend about Sets of China for some reason. I don't know why. We'll discuss well, that in the post are, show. You, you get a post show <laughs> and you also get access to prizes and all sorts of cool stuff. And how do they become an auditor, Glenn? Just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the auditor banner in the middle of the page. And that's how you do it. Uh, 
Well, my daily bunny goes out to my brother. I had the best time hanging out in Las Vegas with my brother. You know, I've got to say that for most of my life, my brother and I haven't been friends, but we've we've grown up now and uh i got to say i feel like i have a new a new family member we went really? to a Braves game this summer and we went to Vegas now it's just been an absolute blast and he's a great uncle to my son Lucas and like it's just i'm just really excited like i i don't know it's just really exciting i'm so excited my brother and i had a great time in Vegas and i i, I got to say like Going to Las Vegas with your brother may not sound like the most amazing trip, you know? And I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to go see the concert. We went to go see a U2 concert and went to see the Sphere, and it was all cool. But I was like, I had a much better time than I thought I would, to be fair. And my brother is a great dude, and I may have um, spent some time in a sports book on Thursday. <laughs> and um, when you're in a sports book and you're sitting down, we're in a casino that then just continues to provide you drinks for free. <laughs> and I was really excited about it. So I was betting on Remington Park of all places. Um, and that's the track here in Oklahoma. And I was like, oh, I know this place. I know these horses. I know these people. Like, so I was betting on them. I, I hit a couple exactos, Glenn. I was killing wow. it, right? Killing it. I did great. But the problem is then we had to walk to go – we were going to go to a movie on Thursday night in the sphere, which – Google it. This is the most ridiculous – $2 billion it cost to create this thing. It was the most amazing – and the concert's inside seat. of it, right? I know they do stuff on the outside of it, but they do this. They do stuff on the outside. So, like at some at some point, like when planes fly over, it turns into like a big eyeball, and the eyeball like looks at the plane <laughs> as it's coming. Chad told me about that because he's funny. flown into Vegas and seen it, and it's weird. Um, so, it, and they and there's advertisements on it too, of course. But like it's just like like there'll be a whale that's. It, it, it doesn't make sense for me to talk about it if you don't understand. So just Google the Sphere Las Vegas, and it is just this. It costs two billion dollars to make, and there's lights on the outside of it. So there's like a whole show on the outside, but on the inside, there's also a whole show. And we saw a movie, and it was just like a forty minute movie about Earth and going to it, it, just a way to show you how amazing the screen is like giraffes were coming on your face it's all rockets around you, were right? launching it's, not it's just on the front is it all yeah, around you yeah it's probably i mean the seats are behind you so the stadium seats are behind you but it's maybe three-fourths of the sphere is a screen and so the movie was going on but the problem is i spent so much time in the sports book and then i had to walk <laughs> to the sphere and glenn you it did not go well for me. <laughs> I mean, I had a great time, but this is where I realized my brother's a great dude, right? So, like, I I'm having a hard time, <laughs> and and I'm trying to make my way through crowds and through down the streets and through the casinos, and I'm struggling a little bit. And my brother just grabbed my arm and just marched me through everything. <laughs> and it, I noticed he kept looking back and like checking on me. I'm making sure I'm still there. Like wouldn't let me cross the street was like, <laughs> behaving very gentlemanly. Like um, he is single by the way, if anybody's interested, he likes horse chicks too. So it's fine. Um, and so anyway, he, he was great. We had a great time. And then the next night 
was uh, the concert, but the concert didn't start till eight. So we did a bunch of stuff and, and then went back to another sports book and I behaved myself. Um, I just got one drink, Glenn, one drink, Red Bull <laughs> vodka. Okay. Just one Red Bull vodka. I was like, I'm going to get a little drink in and I'm going to get some caffeine and energy. And my brother's like, I'll take one too. And I'm like, I got these. Do you know how much my bill was for two drinks? No. $59. Oh my God. For two drinks. I didn't even get the can. I had a best bottle of vodka for that. <laughs> well, this was a sports book. I was like, do you guys have drink tickets? Because it was a different one. And she was like, no, we're not associated with the casino. We're an individual sports book. So we don't do that. And I was like, oh, I'll just get one. It'll be fine. You know, no big deal. Holy crap. I was like, that <laughs> is crazy. Um, so that we did that. And that was Friday. So I got to bet on all of the Breeders' Cup on Friday. Um, Saturday I was traveling, but it, it was crazy because then on you know Friday night's a concert, which was U2, and it's supposed to be like Octung Baby, the album they're playing, but they I was nervous that they wouldn't play some of Joshua Tree because this is my favorite, and they played all my favorite songs. I mean, we had a blast. The screen and behind them. Like at one Did point, that distract like, from it or was it a help? No, it was great because yeah. on like, you know, I mean, I'm not paying like my tickets were crazy expensive, but the really crazy expensive ones are the really close ones. Mm. So what was cool is they broadcast the whole like Bono and the edge and, 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 uh, you know, and Clayton, they're, they're like blasted up on the screen. So you can see them very clearly just on the screen on the sphere screen. But at one point it morphs into like the ocean and the ocean is behind him. And it literally looks like they're in front of water. There's water all <laughs> around them. And at some point there's like all sorts of like, uh, sparks come shooting down and you, you think you're about to catch on fire and it's just, just on the screen. And at one point they had the entire city scene of Las Vegas right behind him. He mixed in a bunch of Elvis kind of like lyrics and songs. Really? So it was but wow. yeah, just honoring the traditions of uh, Vegas in the past. It was just—it was such a great show, a great time. The fear is amazing, and so I'll try to post some pictures of it um, to so everybody can see. But I mean, if you haven't seen something like this, it's so so. It's one point, Glenn. There's a background, and it's all this like art and stuff, and it starts going downwards. Well, if you're standing up and you're looking at the stage it looks like you're about to fall backwards because this stage and floor <laughs> look like they're rising up because the backdrop's going backwards. And you know what they tell people that are up in the 400s and the seats? You're not allowed to stand up. Oh, because you have to the, remain they get seated. dizzy? Well, what I, I had to sit down and I was in the 100s uh, because as the screen starts going down, you feel like you're falling backwards. Uh. So then you overcorrect and lean forward and people were like tumbling down the aisle in the <laughs> first couple shows. Yeah, it's crazy because it's like you're vertical, you know, it, it was nuts. I can't, I can't believe the the sound was amazing. The concert was amazing. Bono's amazing. It was just, it was awesome. I had a great time, my brother. But the problem was we couldn't fly out of Las Vegas because remember I fly on standby and all the flights were full. So on Saturday morning, super early, like 5 a.m., 
4 a.m. We had to get up, rent a car, and drive to Phoenix to then get on a flight <laughs> to go home. So five and a half hour drive oh and God, through the, the desert across the country through the <laughs> desert. Yeah, it was it was nuts. It was definitely one of those like I'm way too old for this kind of thing. Um, but it happened, and I made it home safe. And I rode a ton of horses yesterday, and I was just. Chad was like, you're so motivated. And I was like, I have to pay for my sins. <laughs> <laughs> I am punishing myself for my behavior over the weekend. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a great time. It sounds cool. It sounds like uh, next time I go to Vegas, I definitely have to see this fear. No well, question even, about it. Even just go to the movie in it is yeah. ridic- ridiculous. I mean, it was it was really, really something special. And again, it wasn't a great movie or anything. I don't even know what it was about. Just shows it shows off the really cool yeah. scenery. At one point, there's an elephant that pretty much walks into you, it's it's indescribable. I can't even, yeah, it was really cool. Well, my weekend wasn't quite as exciting, but something fun happened that I haven't done in years and years and years and years. So we weren't planning on going up to the farm this weekend, uh, but then I got word that our tractor was going to be delivered Friday. And I said, well, let's just pack the horses up and go up Thursday and spend three nights there because it got to be there from the tractor. So uh, the good news is I used Starlink for Friday morning show and it worked perfectly. So that's good. Um, So after we build a house and move up there, I won't have to quit the show. We can keep working. (laughs) No retirement for you. So, but the one thing that happened is for three days in a row, we rode and drove. I got to drive my pony for three days in a row. And it's such a cool neighborhood to drive in because it's all hard-packed sand roads and they have wide grass berms on it because it's a horsey neighborhood. It's nicer than the one uh, to ride and drive around than the one we lived at before because there's no traffic. There's no cars at all. And it was just lovely. Were you freaking out other horses with your horse being pulling a carriage? No, because the whole neighborhood is carriages. It's it's either carriages or endurance riders. Uh, That's who go. That's where they go in the winter is to this neighborhood because there's a whole bunch of trails and places to drive your horse. So they used. We saw driving horses go by all weekend. Uh, so yeah, that's not a problem at all. It was lovely. I mean, and weather was perfect. It finally got cool enough here to, to survive in Florida. And you know, scooter's so tired. Now, oh my God. Three I thought, days he, in a yeah, row. he thought he was going to die by day three. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, dad? And there's little hills, you know, more than we had. The other neighborhood had no hills. Uh, this has little hills and he just thinks that's, you know, awful that I'm torturing him, but I think he's going to get in shape here. That's for sure. And he, you know, it was lovely to be out there and we had a great time and can't wait to get, uh, the next step is as soon as the County gives a, you know, approves, we'll have our barn put up. So we're just waiting on the County for that now. Uh, apparently it takes a while to get approved for that all this stuff. That should take no time at all. Government mm. works really quick. They so charge you hundreds fine. and hundreds of dollars to get a permit for anything you build and then take forever to approve it. And you know they're going to approve it because they have no reason not to. But, you know, it's government. So we wait. But it was fun. It was fun to be out there. It was fun to drive my pony that many days in a row. I don't think he thought it was fun. I thought it was great. Uh, But he was a terrific rock star. They both were. Nigel was a rock star. And and Scooter had some opportunities. Remember, he was a bolter when I first got him. He had some opportunities where, you know, horses ran up in the field beside or, or, you know, there are dogs everywhere. He doesn't care about dogs. Um, But... I got to tell you, he, now he, his go-to, instead of bolting, his go-to is he just stops, he gets all puffed up and looks like he did with the Black Panther, and he looks, and I'll rather have him do that, and then he walks on. He's like, okay, great. I'm cool now. He grew up. 
My little pony Look grew up. Look at you. <laughs> He's an adult now. Nice work. Hey, uh, I wanted to mention only 10 days left to get your audio entries in for Radiothon. We really need them. We've only received a few so far, and we need like 18 more to make this work. Remember that you guys are what makes Radiothon so special. It's, uh, you know, it's getting to listen to all of your entries and what you do for Radiothon that really makes it work. So get those entries in. Go to horseradionetwork.com slash Radiothon. All right, let's hear about worm flooring okay well worm flooring systems worm stands for we eliminate rubber mats are you tired of dealing with nasty heavy rubber mats are you looking for a more durable and easy to clean flooring solution for your trailer barn or other commercial or residential space look no further than worm flooring systems Worm flooring systems are non-porous, slip-resistant, cushioned, textured, safe, and seamless. They're also extremely durable and can be driven on with heavy machinery. Worm flooring helps reduce shock and fatigue, insulates trailers, and reduces road noise. Visit worm, W-E-R-M, flooring.com to learn more about worm flooring systems and find a dealer near you. I will tell you that when I got mine installed in my trailer, um, they weren't an advertiser. Then I just found it, loved it and wanted to get it. And I was concerned, you know, like when they, if they're going to put it on the floor, I was concerned about the edges, you know, like what happens if the urine runs over the edges, they've got that figured out. It actually goes like, if you could, I'm talking with my hands, but um, if you, it goes out and then like up the wall a little bit. So there was no way for anything to get down in between the wall and the floor. So they, they've thought of everything. It's awesome. I'm I'm so happy with, I'm so happy with mine. So, uh, there you go. That's what I'm, that I, I love it. So you should get it. Go. All right. Very good. Now. Hey, if you own a collegiate saddle, uh, Ooh, pay attention to this, uh, collegiate saddle. I noticed, uh, Equus put this out this morning that they're having a recall of, uh, many different brands of their saddles, Degree, Mono, Event Saddle, the Graduate Close Contact, Honor Close Contact, Integrity Mono Dressage, Lectern Dressage, and Warwick Close Contact. If you have any of those saddles for any year, then I would go to the link we're going to put in the show notes for the Collegiate Saddle Recall. They're being recalled, which means this is what they're doing, Jamie. You ship the saddle back, they send you a new one. Wow. This has got to be an for expensive recall. Uh, well, the years are listed and the serial numbers are listed. So you have to go to that link to see which serial numbers and see if your saddle applies to that. But what's been happening, they've had several instances where the top rivet securing this stirrup bar to the tree has broken, which means your stirrup can fall off at the worst possible time. And then you can fall off at the worst possible time. And this is pretty dangerous when you're talking about event saddles, right? And close mm-hmm. contact saddles and jumping saddles. So um, they're actually doing replacement saddles. This has got to be one expensive error. Um, but yeah, definitely check if you have a collegiate saddle. If you're on the list, Go. we'll put it right in our show notes. You can find it, the link right there on your phone. Click on it and then go check the serial numbers and to see if yours is one of those. But don't put that off. That's That could be a dangerous thing. And I, you don't hear about saddle recalls too. I don't know that we ever have, actually. I've never heard of one. Yeah, so that must mean there's something to this. Don't ignore it. If you And I know a lot of people in collegiate saddles. So My Volkswagen Beetle, plenty of recalls. <laughs> this one, not so much. Saddles, not so much. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, have you ever seen Wolf of Wall Street? 
So I saw most of it this past weekend. Actually, I fell asleep, but that's what I was watching in my hotel was the edited version, which makes me a little happier because <laughs> I thought it was too intense for me. That's why I never saw the theater, but it was like the TV version of it. And, you know, I, I just can't say no to some Leo. So, mm, mm, mm. well, he, uh, he, he, you remember the house he was in, the, in the video, the big house with the parties and everything happened. Yeah. Well, that is an actual estate. It's in Long Island and it's up for sale. It just hit the market, uh, and let me tell you a little bit about it. It's a five-acre horse property. It's equestrian property, and it has a 15,000-square-foot house, and you all remember what the house looks like. It's kind of a French chateau design. Uh, it's reported to have six bedrooms, seven baths, and two-and-a-half baths, and I see. I think you see a lot of those in <laughs> Following that, uh, it also has a gourmet kitchen, a custom cabinets, a pizza oven right in the kitchen, a wet bar, a wine cooler, has a 10 stable barn with a tack room, an apartment for a farm manager. It also has, uh, it has a bunch of different water things that you also see that in the movie, the, you know, the fountains and all that stuff. Uh, a saltwater pool, a waterfall, a pond, all of that stuff. Is So, I have a question. Yeah. So, this is the guy who Leo played, this is his house? Yes. And, and did they film it in this house? Yes, they filmed it here. This is- and they filmed it in his house. No, he, it's not his house. They just rented this house for oh, the movie. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, so, so the, this was the, the, the movie, movie house. house. Yes, okay, this gotcha. was the movie house. And for $10 million, you can have it. Oh, I'll sure. take two. <laughs> but it is it is cool when you look at the pictures, you go, yeah, I saw that in a movie. I saw that in a movie. I saw that in a movie. Because when you look at the for sale ad, you do see all the things you saw in the movie there because they so filmed the whole thing So we can have there. a house that Leo has been in. Mm-hmm. Leo I'm touched a, this house. Then I'm going to start saving. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a horse property. So there you go. You can have horses too. Now having horses on Long Island, probably not cheap. Before we go to our first guest, I want to tell you about Cosequin ASU joint and hoof pellets. They contain quality ingredients to support joint and hoof health and leave out the fillers, molasses, and alfalfa, all while still delivering the taste horses love. The colors of their ingredients shine through for a difference you can see. Visit CosequinEquine.com. Our first guest is out of Canada. Tamara Williamson is a storyteller, musician, songwriter, producer, playwright, multimedia artist, podcaster, and equestrian. She does it all. She pretty much, there's nothing she hasn't done. (laughs) And she has toured internationally as a musician, recording albums as a solo artist and with her band. Also, she's a lifelong horse enthusiast and equestrian coach. And she also runs a business creating music for dressage freestyle performances, which I want to talk to her a little about. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. So you grew up in England. Where, what part? I grew up in Putney, which is just on the outskirts, kind of southwest London, and uh, near Surrey, which is a sort of horse country. I know the area. And uh, were you Pony Club? I like everybody else in England. Yeah. And Pony Club there is, you know, I, it's brilliant. It was so fun all the mud up to our knees and little fat ponies like a Selwell cartoon. But, you know, they teach you the right way or, you know, the the one way to, to sort of like not get hurt and learn all about everything. Um, so uh, it was a great education and a way into sort of the horse world. And for, did what were you doing uh, in Pony Club? Which track were you on? Were you on dressage or eventing or what were you doing or a little bit of everything? 
Yeah, they they encourage uh, the kids to do eventing. So you do dressage, show jumping, and cross country. And that way you're kind of like you're just educated in the, you know, all of it. So that's what they they sort of teach the kids that that's the thing that they should be involved in. And it is great because then you get those three disciplines. So you're kind of covered, right? Well, you did you start music over there too when you were a kid or did that come later in life? Yeah, my mom my, sort of encouraged me to go into classical singing. I was the reason probably. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Was, I've um, listened to some of your songs. I, I wouldn't consider them classical. Oh, no, no. Yeah, that was kind of like, <laughs> that was kind of like my early, early, like, so when I was at school, everyone was like, oh, well, at least she can sing. That was kind of what was going down. Because <laughs> I was terrible at school. I was very dyslexic. And back then, nobody really understood. They just thought I was being lazy and disruptive and all these things. But I just couldn't really understand what was going on in class. I just didn't. Like like telling the time took me way longer than the other kids, and I didn't understand why. So every everyone was confused, but I was I was pretty good at singing, and riding horses and swimming. Those were sort of the three things. So they encouraged those things. So um, yeah, I started singing, but then I rebelled at the age of about fifteen and got into rock music, and you know did that for did that quite well actually. Quite I did quite well you know, as a career, so it wasn't all bad. <laughs> and you've never sung <laughs> classical since, have you? Actually, you know, I did, and you were, you wanted to talk about the dressage music, because yeah. I, I, did, I did music for a dressage horse, and I wrote it all, and I, out of classical uh, pieces, an opera, Kerr, and I said to her, I could actually sing this live if you ever wanted um, and we did it at the, at the Royal Winter Fair in Toronto, which oh, is cool. a huge event. Yeah. yeah so I actually, but I had to go kind of back to school to do that, to sing the flower duet, because it's not easy singing that stuff like, at all. So I had to sort of go back into my training to do that. Let's talk about, while you brought it up, let's talk about a little, and well, I'll get, we'll get to your book, but this fascinates me too. Putting dressage freestyle performances together. So is the order of events, you know, the writer contacts you and says, I want to do this freestyle, and they have their own ideas on music, and then you help them, or do you, how does that work? How does the process work? Um, well, I have a kind of a joke about that, because it's, mainly they tell, they phone me and ask me how this all goes, and I tell them that they need to design their pattern, and then send me a video of it, and then what generally, this is my joke, what generally happens is I go, do you have an idea of the music you'd like to use? And they go, no, we trust you. And then I give them, you know, I, I give them some ideas and they hate them all. <laughs> and then they, they come back to me with their taste in music because, of course, we all have different tastes, right? So, so we end up making the music they generally like, which is fine. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, I edit it together almost like a, a movie soundtrack. So I watch them riding and I edit the music underneath and it, it sort of has to go with the rhythm of the horse, the footfalls. Um, so the music has to be, you know, if you're lucky, you find music that goes really well with the horse and with 
the taste of the see, rider. See, Jamie, it's, it's I, not I, easy. I thought it was the other way. I don't know what you thought, Jamie, but I mm-hmm. thought it would have been the other way. You you pick the music and then design the pat- patterns, design the test basically around the music, but it's the opposite, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I, I would I do it, but that just... Way. And Tamar, that just shows you he doesn't ride. Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, that's funny. Yeah. I, I, I would have thought the other way. Has there been um, – what's the toughest part of doing that, uh, of designing this? Is it fine? Uh, it takes me forever to pick music for the shows. When we have to do bumpers and things, it takes me forever. I would never be able to decide on a whole freestyle test on the music because I would just get, I'd just get so flustered trying to pick the right one. Yeah, well, you nailed it. It's really hard finding the music. <laughs> like, once I have the music together, I can really do it quickly. But, oh, the music's, yeah, searching and searching. There's so much out there. And, of course, it wasn't written for a horse. So you have to search through so much to find stuff that works with the horse. That's what takes the time, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. All right, you wrote a book called Mirror Horse. What's that about? Well, I I didn't really set out knowing what I was doing. <laughs> That's sort of my life right yeah, now. Yeah, ours too. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, kind of, I, I wrote down some stories about the Pony Club years just because I thought, well, if I don't write these down, all of these memories are just, you know, what was it for? That was how I started. So I started writing them out. And then during COVID, I reread them and thought, well, actually, this, this is sort of interesting. And then I just kept writing and... I'm, you know, the book kind of takes you on a journey when you start writing. I guess I was trying to understand a few things like what is it? What is it all about? Like, why are we so addicted and fascinated by riding these creatures? And and why are you so drawn to something that often makes you so terrified and so I had all these questions I was trying to, well, I was terrified. I was trying to answer. And um, and the book kind of gave me those answers and turned into this journey of, you know, all these different experiences. And I also wanted to try and tell, you know, I, read, I did some research and not many people talk about the horse's experience. It's usually just the riders. But horses all have their own history and their own upbringing that they're having to deal with, not just you, the rider. So I, I ended up writing this kind of thoughtful forage into all of that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, we, I think, you know, we've had a lot of authors on over the years, and I, there's not too many that have written it that way. And I read the reviews of, of your book on Amazon and other places, and that was the comment. The comment that was most common was, she takes you on a journey you don't expect. Right. Well, I honestly didn't expect it either. <laughs> so, um, it was really lovely, and I felt so much better when I finished writing it and and that's another thing too that I've heard from people is that that reminds them of their journey and their horses and wow what a what a thing it is right it's such a you know and I also wanted to introduce other people that aren't horsey into what it is and the expertise involved and the knowledge and the it's so complex right it's such a huge thing the horse world and 
we all become experts, really. Like, it's there's so much to know, and you never stop learning, and all those things. So, yeah, I loved I loved writing it. I really did. You know, you picked a couple of things in your life that aren't the easiest. You talk about it not being easy. You picked being a musician and the horse world, two of the things that are really difficult. <laughs> Why do you think they're difficult? Well, I think being a musician and, and actually succeeding at it's difficult. It's a lot of work. Horse oh, world, same thing, right? <laughs> I mean, you have a habit of picking well, what it, Yeah, I guess you have to, in your life, define what success is. Like, I war with that all the time. Like, And, and I think success to me in the end was music was writing music that I was really proud of. It means that I could stand up on the highest hill and go, no, this is, I really think this is a great song. Like I, and I would beat myself up over the ones I didn't think were like, for you know, and so with, with the horses, it was like, um, with the book, I just honestly getting published by a major publisher was so such a pat on the back for me, but but more than that, I think just being able to write a book as a very dyslexic person who didn't get through high school, you know, it's not, it was never about how clever I was, but they certainly made me feel like I wasn't clever at school, right? Because that's what it feels like when you, you're failing at school, you feel like you're, you must be stupid. So right, right. writing no, a book true. that got published, you know, was, was, was really really meant a lot but just understanding why i you know why i'd done that whole journey was was good did you send a signed copy to all the naysayers and with like <laughs> a middle finger drawn on it, the inside cover with your signature <laughs> i wouldn't oh i didn't even think of that <laughs> she just still probably time. should have <laughs> she's ordering a case of books for this christmas yeah, right now still time. yeah do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Here's your special yeah. signed copy just from me. <laughs> I love that, Jamie. That's our kind of. <laughs> do what can... I say, yeah. not what I do. <laughs> what well, is the holidays coming up? And this would make a great gift. Where can people find the book? Um, in America, well, it's, it just got um, published in America in the middle of October. So it'll be, I'm not sure how much it went into those little mum and pup bookstores but if you can order it from those stores and it's nice to support them i guess you know because they that's a hard journey right um but it it should be in chapters and all those places and it's on in on amazon if that's the way you like to shop so it should be all over the place and you did the audiobook too did i see yeah oh my god how was that, that was the hardest read? thing i've ever done you know, people think that's you, easy. It's not easy, is it? It it's honestly I I I put my outtakes, a few of them, on my website because it's got me just swearing like a sailor. <laughs> like it it's the hardest thing. You can't I couldn't sometimes I couldn't get through a sentence without making some kind of flub and ah, oh, it's just so hard. 
hard, but but I'm I did it in the end. But I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> we have a friend. Not unless you're getting paid a lot of money. One of our friends who hosts a different show uh, does books for Trafalgar Square. She does the horse books and the sciencey ones and all that stuff. And I was talking to her yeah. the one day, and she said, "Yeah, this and and of course Audible. If you want to be an Audible, they demand. I mean, this has you. It has to be top quality. So you you right. have to do it right, or you're not getting an Audible, which is where you need to be. And and she also says the same thing. She said, yeah, this it's tough. It takes a lot longer than you expect it would. Yeah, it was excruciating, <laughs> really. <laughs> um, and I, of course, because I'm a musician, I wanted to make it really more than just me reading. So I, I put in little hoof sounds and horses whinnying and, and you know, and then I put some of my music, you know, at the end of the chapters, I thought, oh, I'll throw in a song here and just make it nice for people if they're <laughs> listening. So it took, it just became this labor of love. But really just the reading part was was really, yeah, it's very, very difficult. You don't realize how as you get older, you start to get lazy. You start to slur a bit or not pronounce things properly and but when you're listening to yourself on headphones, you can sure hear it, you know, and it's, it's just awful. Uh, well, I'll tell you that I, there is no part of me that ever listens to this podcast. So I get you, girl. <laughs> yeah, we don't. I am getting older and I mispronounce everything. So I'm with you. We're, we're, we're right there. <laughs> you know, Tim, yeah. tomorrow, what I love about you is just uh, from what I've gleaned from this is just your honesty. I just love your innate honesty that you have kind of going into everything. And it's been a delight talking to you and having you on the show. Well, thanks so much. It was really great. We appreciate great it. To, uh, you know, any help to get the book out there, it's really difficult these days because the world is a very noisy place, right? Well, it's called mm-hmm. Mirror Horse. If you want to find it, uh, she said, I will put a link to your website as well. And also you can find it on Audible. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. And good luck with the book. Thanks so much. This podcast is sponsored by Purina Animal Nutrition, with three research-backed ration balancers to fill nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. Enrich Plus delivers a concentrated source of protein, vitamins, and minerals without unnecessary calories. Enrich Plus Senior features ActiveAge prebiotic technology and Outlast supplement for aging easy keepers. Omega Match is rich in omega-3 fatty acids and vitamin E, great for horses without access to green grass, like my scooter. Find a ration balancer for your horse at PurinaMills.com slash ration balancers or visit your local feed store. And it's time. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. That's right. It's time for your equestrian first world problems. And those are problems that our listeners actually have. They're very sad, very emotional. And uh, I don't know how we get through it. How do we have horses, Glenn? I I mean, it's exhausting. (laughs) Um, So these are usually on Sunday mornings or Sunday afternoons or evenings. I put up a post on the auditor Facebook page asking for people to submit their tragic equestrian first world problems and people fill it out now if you want to participate in this you have to become an auditor so how do they do it glenn just go to horseradionetwork.com scroll down the middle of the page you'll see an auditor banner and for as little as three dollars a month you too can tell us your first world problems that's right so we're going to start with lila right now because she included a photo of hers and it says she says i 
had to use my clean, clean truck as a truck. And there's like hay in the bag. <laughs> and you notice a theme with that today, which is like, it was clean. So now I don't want to use it, which makes me think we don't ever clean things. So when we do, it's like, oh my God, don't use it because it's clean. I know how she feels though, because when you get a brand new truck and you scratch the bed for the first time, it's like, oh my God. And then, you know, know, 10 years later, your bed looks like a warp zone. So yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I mean, here's the thing about, I don't think I ever told you the story. Uh, We have this dually that is great. We've had it for several years, but uh, you know, it was hail damaged when we got it. So the kind of the pressure was off as far as like, (laughs) it has a thousand little dents. You don't worry so much. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't care. Like whatever. It's a work truck. I mean, it's pulling the horse trailer and all that, but uh, one day we were having some function here at the house and Chad was just in like the worst mood. My husband just in the worst mood. I was like, what is your problem? What are you doing? He's like, can you come outside with me for a second? Okay, fine. Just stop being such a jerk. You know, I walk outside. I'm like, oh, oh my God. He ran into the fence, just turned <laughs> and ran into the fence. And so now the entire right side where the, he just forgot he had a dually. So like that whole second wheel well oh, that pops yeah, out. Which sticks out hit, about three feet. <laughs> it's <laughs> just crushed. It's just, I mean, but it doesn't affect the tires. Did you and bother I was getting like, it fixed? Hell no. I'm like, <laughs> and the cool thing is he did it. You did it. I didn't do it. You did it. So it's great all the time. Like if I do something or I hit something like in my brand new car, I backed into my parent, my mother-in-law and father-in-law's trash can and like clunked it. And I was like, oh, sorry. Oh, it's well, it's not as bad as when you wreck the dually into the fence. You know, I, I use that all the time. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Speaking of clean trucks, we live uh, the new place is on the sand hard pack road. But when it doesn't rain for a while, it gets super dusty. So our cars will never be clean again. Because why bother washing the sand off when they're just going to get sandy again? Pressure's off, man. Yep. Pressure's right. off. I, I thought about it the other day. I thought I should wash my car. It looks so terrible. And it's like, well, then I'll just have to wash it again next week. <laughs> so, so Three separate times I've had to yell at my child because he thinks it's hilarious to write wash me in my back window. (laughs) And I'm like, that's not okay. Oh, it's not okay. Wait till he gets older. He'll be writing other things. Well, it's okay. You know what I said? (laughs) You want to wash it? Wash it. You do it. And he hasn't written it since then. Um, uh, Lindsay says, uh, which by the way, huge ginormous heartfelt congratulations to Lindsay Pierce. She is pregnant and her first world equestrian problem surrounds this. Um, And let me just tell you, Lindsay, this is just the first of a long string of equestrian first world problems that are in your future. She says, I'm pregnant. Yay. But I can't decide which of the adorable pictures of my horse to use as a pregnancy announcement. (laughs) And it's a picture of her horse. Like they, Oh, it's so cute. And congratulations. But yes, this is only the beginning. Uh, Adrian says I spent, she also included a picture, lots of pictures today. Uh, it's, she's in a beautiful blue dress with her very handsome debonair looking husband in his Marine Corps outfit, uh, uniform, well, dress uniform. Um, I don't know, Marine lingo. Uh, she says, I spent what was probably the last nice weekend at a Marine Corps birthday ball instead of riding my horse. <laughs> you know that feeling. <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, let's see. The next one is Carrie. 
I'm working on my shopping list for equine affair this week, but my horses don't really need anything. (laughs) (laughs) Go in with the guys of I'm Christmas shopping. And then you're like one for me, one for them, one for me, one for them. Uh, That's how I do Rolex Land Rover. Jessica says my horse and she lives in Florida and she has her horse that she adopted from horse and hound. And she says, my horse grew the darkest prettiest winter coat but we live in florida now i have to clip it all off (laughs) (laughs) christiana says when your gelding decides that his shoes are made for walking like walking right out of them i am so tired of having to play the game of hide and seek the horseshoe (laughs) and the bigger you're faster the longer that game lasts yeah it just lasts forever (laughs) like uh, uh, Kelly says, I had to go to an awesome horse conference and hang out with the, another auditor, Jennifer in San Antonio, which was a life changing and super awesomely fun, but I miss my horse's smooshy face for four days. <laughs> I wonder if that was the Warwick Schiller one, because I heard uh, yeah, a lot I of good so. things about it. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Uh, Lisa says, my he's a little- guy who we haven't had on a, in a long time. His, his podcast, podcast is really popular now. Yeah. yeah. I love watching his videos. I think he's great. Yeah. Um, Lisa says, my little monkey pony has got an amazing jump on him. And there's a picture of her horse with like his knees up to his withers, jumping over the tiniest little jump, but he's clearing it. My little monkey pony has got an amazing jump on him, but I don't jump anymore. I only do dressage. (laughs) Lisa's coming out of retirement, y'all. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay Get says a it. different different. Lindsay says it's not horsey, but it's still first world. I have been craving chili, but this Georgia weather went back up in the mid seventies, and now it's too hot to make chili, and the ingredients are just sitting on the shelves, taunting me. <laughs> do you know what I have to do tonight, Glenn? What do you have to do? I am going to a chili cookoff, oh, and I've I'm- always wanted to be a judge. It's, I may or may not be participating. I told the school, it's Lucas's school and they're doing like a chili cook-off fundraiser thing. And well, you I can't told be a them, judge. There's too much meat involved. I can't be a judge, <laughs> but I'm going to participate. And I said, here's the thing. I was like, you can, I, I'm going to make vegetarian chili, but there's something I always tell Lucas when I make dinner because I don't taste it usually, but I make vegetarian chili. And I, I said, it may be awesome. This may be awesome. And he'll go, or it may taste like dog food. And I'm like, yes, exactly. And now he's got a ranking system of food, like, because we know that like horse food tastes better than dog food, but dog food tastes better than cat food. So so he'll he'll be like, it's it's horse food. Or he'll be like, oh God, this is cat food. You know, so like, we judge cooking. So I told his teacher, I was like, Lucas, go in and tell your teacher that I'm going to make chili. I may or may not bring it because why he goes, cause it may be good and it may taste like dog food. <laughs> like, tell your teacher that <laughs> make sure you tell her. So I do we'll have see a her. good vegetarian chili recipe too. Yeah, I love well. chili of all kinds. We've gone to a lot of chili cook-offs, but I'm, I'm throwing it out to the universe. If there's anybody out there that wants a judge, I always wanted to judge at a chili cook-off. It's on my bucket list. So, Well, you can come judge at Lucas's school. And all. <laughs> it's chili cook-off cornbread night. I'm not making cornbread, but I am going to attempt to make chili and may or may not submit it. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Rhonda says, now that I'm home from my two-week vacation, two-week vacation. 
I have COVID and I can't see my horses. <laughs> Sorry, Rhonda. We're not laughing at you. We're laughing with you. Um, but don't laugh because it'll make you cough. Uh, Amy says, my mother. Oh, God. This is so something my mother would have done. Amy says, my mother decided to start our lovely seven-day cruise to Alaska with perfect sunny weather by rolling her eyes. We were discussing physical therapy. And I said, well, equestrians are athletes. And she just rolled her eyes. Amy, I would lose it. Like, you get on a horse. I think of my brother. Oh, horses do all the work. Okay. Let me tell you my equestrian first world problem is I was in Vegas all weekend. So I rode four horses yesterday and I can't walk. <laughs> sort of like uh, Scooter today. He can't walk either. Yeah, exactly. And the poor Scooter. He had to actually, he had to actually do all the work. Well, he had I to pull my there. fat butt around. <laughs> <laughs> I just that is there. one thing about carriage driving is you yourself don't get any exercise. That is a problem with carriage driving. Yeah, yeah. Well, get off your bike. I mean, when I get older, it's going to be a benefit of carriage driving. But <laughs> now I actually have to go walk separately to get any exercise. Well, hooking up is hard. No, it's not, dear. <laughs> There's a lot bum. of straps, but after a while, you get to know where those go to. Okay, I'll do two more. Two All more. Right. Jacqueline says, <laughs> my students and I took seven horses to the Virginia horse trials this weekend, and all seven horses finished in the ribbon. But guess what? They ran out of ribbons. So now we have to wait in the mail for them. And we couldn't get our group ribbon picture. How do you run out of ribbons at a horse show? That's I don't kind of know. planned ahead of time. Oh, I didn't know all these horses would get ribbons. Oh, uh, you give ribbons to like 10. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of knew how many classes you can multiply it out. You know who many, how many people signed up. Anyway, they're, they're lame. All right. So then Leah, our winner for the day. The new barn and indoor I moved to is so much warmer than my old barn, but I'll never get to use the cute new quarter sheet that I bought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you. All right. That's your question. First of all, problems for the week, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for submitting them. I didn't get to all of them because there were so many of you with so many issues this week. And I'm so sorry, but everybody have a wonderful Wonderful week. And you're here and all week, right? You're here Wednesday and Friday. I'm here all week. I will not be here next week because I am doing well, something here Monday super next cool. Week, right? I'm here Monday. Yeah. yeah. Wednesday and Friday, I'm going to head to New York to hang out on the uh, red. Well, I'm not going to be on the red carpet, but I'm going to the documentary, The Cowboy and the Queen. There's a premiere of it in New York City. So I'm going with Monty and Pat and Debbie, and we're going to watch it. And you know, I do you have believe- to get all dressed up in your finest like fancy outfit? I do. So I wore that birthday that I bought a new dress and heels that I wore to my birthday dinner that Chad took me on. And Debbie was like, you have to wear that. And I'm like, oh, it's New York. It's going to be so cold and I don't want to wear heels, but I'll do it. I'll do it for the (laughs) cause. I just got an email during the show today. Funny you bring that up because I just got an email during the show from Sarah Maslinier, who uh, Mm -hmm. has been on our show, the author. And she is actually the MC of the panel after the movie. Yeah, there's going to be a cool panel afterwards yeah. with Monty and Sarah and uh, lots of people. By the way, say hi to Sarah if, for me. I will. I do know that there's some listeners going, and I was just made aware that there may be some tickets available. There so is, if- actually. And Sarah mentioned that they're $20. And do you want me to put a link in the show notes for the tickets? Yeah, that would be great. And okay. also, I may have 
a free ticket or two. So email me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com or just go on and buy the tickets and support the cause. So either way. All right. Hopefully very good. see put, somebody there. I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, if you want to get tickets, they're like 20 bucks. Sarah gave me the link. So um, that'll that'll be great. I can't wait to hear your review of how the how the movie went. I'm going to probably cry through the whole thing. Because this is a documentary about him. This isn't a this isn't a uh, this is a real documentary about his life, right? So Debbie explained it to me. So basically okay, what it I'm, is I'm it's used. Yeah, it's it's a it's a relation. It's a, a documentary about the, his relationship with the queen. And what they do is they kind of parallel, like they go through Monty's life and then they go through the queen's life and they kind of parallel, uh, uh the two. Cool. Like, yeah, I, it sounds just incredibly awesome. And I know if he's involved, it's going to be great because they wouldn't let something, you know, if you recall, he was asked to be the trainer in the horse whisperer and he said, no, cause they have an affair. You know, it's like <laughs> nefarious relationship. And he was like, I don't want to be involved in that so you know it's going to be good if he's he's signed on to it and he's an integrity times a million so uh, i'm really excited to see it i'm just excited to go and i'm not excited to wear heels so there you go (laughs) all right let's uh wrap it up tomorrow we will have the american horse council episode later in the week the nrha and as jamie said if you want to get your we'll do some really bad ads this week we didn't last week but we'll get them in this week so get your entries into jennifer at horseradionetwork.com auditors hang on we'll have a quick chat after the show Talk to you Wednesday, Spade Neuter Geld. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. So this is auditors, so we can t- we can chat about this. We Jamie and I talk about all the time about how we have conversations about all this serious horse stuff and everything, and then in the post show we'll have a conversation about something totally unrelated to horses at all. And that's what happened in the – you weren't here on Friday, so Ashley filled in. And in the post-show, we had no idea what we are going to talk about. And we ended up talking about a bunch of different things. One of them was the China – the dishes, not the country. The dishes that you inherit from your family and then never use, and then they live in boxes, and how China has kind of gone out of style. And we asked people, auditors, to post their pictures and uh, comments about China. Well, they ended up doing a poll, a bunch of people posting pictures – that it's so it's so weird what you guys all pick up on <laughs> that we talk about because <laughs> I would have never guessed that would have been the talk of the weekend is China and how important it is to some people and how unimportant. Do you have any that you've inherited? Well, you know, um, when I was getting married, my mom was like, you have to register for China. And I was like, I don't want any China. I'm not, that's not the life that I live. Um, but this past Thanksgiving, my my cousin lives in Dallas, and uh, she used to live in Florida, and that's where we always had Thanksgiving. So she lives in Dallas, so I go to her house for Thanksgiving now to be with my family. And she um, came out to the truck as we were leaving to the car, and uh, her and her husband had giant boxes. And I was like, what is that? It's for you. I'm like, what is it? This is awesome. What is it? She was like, it's Grandma's China. And I was like... 
Because uh... <laughs> there's a couple of things with that. One is, you know you're probably never going to use it. Two is, now you're responsible for it. I'm, that's the main thing. And that is why she was like, I'll hand it off to you because I'm not going to use it. But uh, you know, uh, And so it's still sitting in a box in my garage. And it is nice to have a piece of my grandmother, but... Now I have to be responsible for it. And like, who's going to, well, like, what am I supposed to do with it? What, I'm just going to keep it in a box. Maybe I'll bust it out and use it someday. And but then if you break it, you're like, oh, my God, I broke my grandma's china. Like, <laughs> and, and I, it's One just of the stressful. things we were talking about is how you have to hand wash it. It can't go in the dishwasher. A lot of people, apparently, according to what I learned this weekend from auditors, is they do put their china in the dishwasher, uh, some of them. And apparently, if they have gold on it, then you can't, you shouldn't put it in the dishwasher. But we never did because... I just was always terrified. And China, years ago, used to be worth something. Like when we were given this by her mother, by Jennifer's mother, she had about 12 sets of China. So every kid got one whether they wanted it or not. And we appreciated getting it, but I have never displayed it because to display China, you also need this great big, huge cabinet. And we live in tiny houses where the cabinet would never fit. So they've never come out of the boxes. And they were worth thousands of dollars. Each plate was worth like $150. Oh, uh, you know, when we, were, when we were in our broke days, Jennifer really wanted to sell it. And uh, I wouldn't let her because her, her, her mom had just gotten mad. So uh, and we so we still have it. And now China's gone down in value because nobody wants it anymore. So there you go. Because there's an influx of a lot of China. <laughs> yeah, of um, people like us going, I don't want this. <laughs> so my dad has started doing the thing where he's like, downsizing and cleaning oh, out. Trying this to give is, you all the crap. Okay. So here's, here's, you want the real story. My grandmother, his mom, this is a different, different grandma than the other with the China. So his mom used to antique shop. Okay. Oh, and she yeah. was like an antiquer, like, uh-huh. and you walk in her house and it looked like a museum. There was like antiques hanging from the ceiling. I mean, all tasteful, like really, really cool stuff. And she had like a collection of guns from the Civil War. And then there's like all these, like a, a Tiffany lampshade, like Tiffany lampshade that goes over your dining table. Yep. And so my dad gave me that. I got that. Uh, and at the same time, my brother decided they started finding like antique dealers and they started taking as my dad's like, doesn't need it anymore. Fire sale. And also his current lovely, lovely wife doesn't want any of his shit. So like, she's just like, fucking get rid of it. She sucks. (laughs) Um, anyway, so all this stuff. So they took it to the antique store and me, I had this Tiffany lampshade appraised because they're supposed to be worth like, a quarter of a million dollars, like these, these Tiffany light fixtures that hang. And my my dad was like, I ate dinner under it every night as a child. And it was like really special to him. And it was a really nice gift. And I wasn't going to sell it, but I needed to have my house insurance. So you you went to the antiques roadshow and had it appraised. (laughs) So no, I I did uh, some online stuff and got it appraised and it's a fake. Oh, (laughs) So I did not have to up the insurance. My brother <laughs> took all these Civil War guns in. Yeah. Replicas. No. My grandma got hosed. Oh, she got hosed big time. <laughs> Everything they've taken in has been a fake. Oh, my God. Um, she fell sucker to every antique store I out mean, there. Every single day. That's sad, though. Company. That's and she sad. She had a lot of money. Like, she was very wealthy. So she had a lot of money and. Probably they saw her coming and were like, here, we've got this gun from World War II, you know, or the Civil War. General Custer held this gun, you know, like, and she just got hosed, man, just hosed. 
It sucks. I feel so bad for her. I mean, she's gone, you know, like 50 years, but still I feel bad. And then I feel really bad for my dad who like, but, but the Tiffany, the, the non-Tiffany, Tiffany lamp shade hangs currently over my dining room table. And it is a very beautiful replica of something that yeah, should be if you break it, nobody cares. <laughs> exactly. And it does have sentimental dad, value to yeah. you. Yeah. Every time he comes in, he's just, I'm just so proud of you for having that. But then he also sent me like some other light fixtures and he was like, this came, my dad likes to say, this light fixture came from a house of ill repute. And I was like, <laughs> what? And he's like, basically he has all these, my grandmother bought these light fixtures that came from like wild, wet, old Western whorehouses. Which if you can imagine how beautiful they are, I was like, I'm not hanging this. So I go to sell it. It's a fake. I mean, <laughs> oh, my poor grandma. These people saw her coming and just hosed her I, hardcore. And, you know and when, my dad is devastated. When you're young and actually need furniture and all the stuff that uh, you're young, you need it. Your parents aren't at the point where they want to get rid of it. Exactly. Then you get older and you have a house full of crap. Like Jennifer and I are in our get rid of crap phase, not take in more crap. And then they get mad when you don't want any of their crap. Because you have enough of your own crap, and there's no room to put any more crap. So I'm sorry, my, my mother says, like, Chad's mom, we went over to his house like a couple months ago, and she's like, here you go, and hands him his trumpet from eighth grade. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> he no, probably we don't played like it that. for 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, he's like, I was so good at trumpet. I was like, really? Were you? Okay, in, in let's see. Grade? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, no. Kidding. Kidding, lick, no, lick. I, I think everybody – I don't know how it is today in school, but years ago, when you went to school, you were expected to play an instrument. It was kind of a thing where where you had to try it was a one. class. Yeah. yeah. You had to try one. Of course, I'm not musical in any way, shape, or form. So I, What'd you play? I don't even remember. I don't think I did anything because I just couldn't. I, I have – you know, I'm tone deaf, so it doesn't – You didn't even do drums? Nothing? You, nothing. Not, did you do anything? Oh, you're well, you get into guitar. Yeah, they didn't have a guitar in band. Oh, so what'd you um, do? <laughs> you're going to laugh, but okay. I got to choose Clarinet. what I wanted. And there was only one instrument for me. And if I had one, I would still play it. Flute. Every day I would play it on my Harmonica. back patio. Trombone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't expect that. <laughs> I was a trombone player. Either that or the tuba. First chair trombone player until I got braces and I couldn't push the thing up against my lips anymore because my braces were cutting my lips. So I retired uh, in ninth grade as a trombone player. Uh, but I still loved it. I love it. Okay, just, auditors, we'll give you something to talk about in the auditor room. What was the instrument you either chose to play in school or were forced to play in school? And Here's the other good? thing. Talking about furniture yeah. when you're young versus now yeah. when you don't need it and people are trying to give it to you. So I lived in Ohio and I was poor. I mean, like I was poor, really poor. Um, and I lived in a basement underneath. I rented somebody's basement and it was like full of spiders. I used to take the vacuum and suck up spiders. It was just as bad as it gets, right? As, as slum as it gets. I'm living in their basement. And I hear every footstep and all this. But I didn't have any furniture when I moved into this. And one of the girls at the barn that I worked at owned funeral homes. And she's like, we've got a couch that we're getting rid of. <laughs> 
So my first ever piece of furniture, I picked up at a funeral home, Glenn. <laughs> and I had this, it was like a 1970s looking with all the it. floral print, just <laughs> yeah. like scratchy. That yeah. was my couch. Uh, uncomfortable as hell. <laughs> I mean, the worst, the worst. I had a single bed. And I had a nightstand that was a milk crate and I had a couch from a funeral home and my TV <laughs> sat on another milk crate. And okay, I had, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Do you know how many tears were embedded in that couch? Oh my God. <laughs> so where is, the, like, yeah, the, the, I don't even know how to ask the question, but where's the weirdest furniture you ever got like there's no there's there's no topping that so don't worry about that no, one but yeah, don't, <laughs> i don't think you're topping that one <laughs> and i just remember like I, I remember her coming to the barn one day this is hilarious um she's like i can't ride today can you ride my horse and i'm like yeah what's wrong she's like my back hurts and i'm like your back hurts what what happened she was like well mrs johnson wasn't gonna get in the casket by herself <laughs> i was like oh Okay, you're the most interesting person I've ever met. <laughs> we were given, and it's very valuable, probably. Uh, or maybe not. Maybe it's a fake. Or maybe not. <laughs> but we were given this huge mirror. It stands as tall as me, and it's on It's on this base uh, that's very elaborate, and it's probably 100 years old. And uh, it, it's six foot tall, at least. And it's huge. And it weighs a, a ton. And we moved 12 times in 10 years. Which means we had to take this sucker off its stand and pack it up so we wouldn't break the six foot mirror every single time we moved. No, thank you. Do you still have it? Yes, we still have it. Oh my god! And guess where it is? It's in our. We moved here two years ago into this house. It's still sitting in its box in our bedroom, and it has never been taken out. And then I said to Jennifer, "Well, we're looking at getting a new house at the property out there. Let's not unpack it. Let's just leave it. Let's just leave it." <laughs> <laughs> so that's packed away with the china. Oh my God, the amount of flying books, like when Chad and I move, half the move is tubs of flight manuals and books and stuff. And And they're outdated now, he could just throw them away. That's what I said, like, (laughs) you would never even consult this for a minute, but he is like, they're all his books, and it's like, 10,000 pounds of books that are never, they're not even Yeah, but you have 10,000 pounds of horse books too, so. Uh, but mine can still be valuable and entertaining. His are flight manuals from like 1994. Pla- planes that have been obsolete and retired. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but like, well, Lucas might want them one day. I'm like, no, he won't. Don't be your mother. <laughs> yeah. Lucas is going to end up doing something completely different. Has he talked about wanting to learn to fly, Lucas? So he, um, we, we, we're pushing that direction, like military airplane pilot, because he thinks what his dad does is cool. But he also, he's like, I don't want to do that. I want to be an inventor and an engineer and a YouTuber. <laughs> Every kid his age wants to be a YouTuber. Exactly. They all no, think he, being he a wants YouTuber to is- be an engineer. That's his thing. Like he loves designing things and building things and creating well, things. He's that's very, good. Yeah. There's always jobs for engineers. So that's even perfect. Exactly. Cool. Design the sphere. All right. Well, uh, let us know uh, what furniture you've inherited that uh, you've dreaded having in your house for for 50 years. Let us know. (laughs) All the fake (laughs) antiques that your parents gave you? Did they ever give you anything really valuable? I want to know that, too. (laughs) This Tiffany lampshade gun, my dad wouldn't ship it. He put it in a car and drove it to Oklahoma from Georgia. That's how... 
valuable your poor and intense this thing lost is. Tens of thousands of dollars on all these fakes. My God. Oh, oh God. I can't even imagine. And like my dad brings it here and like we get it looked at. Uh, I, I you haven't could, told him, have you? I couldn't. I couldn't tell him. No, I just, don't tell I, him. He needs I, to die knowing that was valuable. Yeah, no, he, yeah. He, I, didn't, I couldn't tell him. I'm like, they, they were like, it's probably worth $4,000. And I was like, oh, my God, it's supposed to be worth $250,000. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> but if it was worth two hundred fifty, to be fair, I was thinking I could buy a $4,000 one that looks just like this one <laughs> and sell that one. And my dreams were dashed. <laughs> Aren't you glad you didn't go on Antiques Roadshow? Then he would have watched. <laughs> oh god brutal just brutal <laughs> all right everybody thanks for joining us today we appreciate you hanging around for our nonsense all right, all right bye congratulations you made it through another post show thank you for all your support now go ride your horse <laughs>